Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 253 of At Oz with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm fine, but I'm exhausted from trying to learn YouTube TV because I'm an old. Oh, yes. Uh, I understand uh, you had a battle uh, with DirecTV and you lost. <laughs> well, it wasn't so much a battle with DirecTV because they were willing to lower my bill substantially, but... Like, my big issue is that it's about to be football season because baseball season just ended a couple days ago. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm preparing for the football season. And all last season, DirecTV didn't have our local CBS. And that was pissing me off. And then Brett pointed out to me in our Discord that we just lost NBC as well. And I can't abide with, like, not having two of the big networks that have football games. So I had to make the switch. Now... I, and again, this is something that I looked into back when I still had DirecTV and I still had whatever TV. Can't you just get CBS and or NBC over like one of the new 2023 antennas? I think you can, but you can't record them. And that's oh. kind of my big thing. Like, because I, if you can, I, I have no concept of how you would DVR or something. And I never watch anything live, even sports, you know, because gotcha. I'll, I'll pause a game and then I'll go out to my garage and smoke and then I'll come back. And I need like I need DVR functionality. I I completely understand that. I do. Um, but yeah, it's so weird, like DirecTV never in our area. And I say a greater area, you know, you, me, Brett, whatever, Todd, including them. They never have all, at the same time, they never have all of the broadcast stations. Well, I feel like, I mean, I, I've never had an issue where I've lost a network for more than like a week. And I've had DirecTV since the late 90s. I had it back when you used to pay somebody to, to do some kabuki-ish stuff with your card and then you got all the pay-per-views, you know? So yeah, it was like sure. 97, 98, whatever. So I've had it forever. And this is the first time I've ever lost a network for any kind of extended amount of time. And to now have two of them gone, that's unprecedented for me. But maybe I'm lucky. I've never had long outages before. This is the first. It's been a while. Uh, but when I moved into this house in 05, we got DirecTV. And I remember in 05, uh, SmackDown was on UPN, right? Mm -hmm. we didn't get UPN on DirecTV from like 05 to like whatever, right? Sure. And what they would do is on DirecTV on the whatever the Fox affiliate was, they would play selected UPN shows on Saturdays and Sundays. So we would sometimes get SmackDown on the Fox affiliate on Saturday nights. Okay. But I got, no, like, during the week, Monday through Friday, we got no UPN through my DirecTV down this way. I think around that time, I was still had the, the rigged box, so I got might have been watching UPN out of, you know, Texas or something like sure. that, you know? Yeah. But as I'm switching over to YouTube TV, I'm like, okay, what am I losing? What am I gaining? I've lost two crucial wrestling things. Oh, no. I lost access to access, so I can't watch Impact anymore. Not that I did, but I can't <laughs> if, if it suddenly became good. Um, and I don't have Vice anymore. So um, my DirecTV is still working for an indeterminate amount of time. They haven't shut it off yet. But hopefully I can squeeze out next week's episode before it goes away. I will say this. Um, YouTube is pretty good at getting the episodes of 
Dark Side of the Ring up within like 12 hours of them airing. Yeah, so if, and I, if you're not, I have other legal means of, of yeah. course, as well, you know, but... So if you're not watching it live, I know you're a DVR man, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could certainly find them on YouTube, uh, which is definitely not how I do it, because I have all the channels now, and I pay for them all. Of course, yes. Of course. You know, legitimate Joe is what they call you. <laughs> yes, yes. But you have been rather busy today, just coming off the road into the podcast studio. Yes. Uh, so today was the LVAC show at Coca-Cola Park. Uh, four matches. Show ran long, of course. Um, show was really good. Um, obviously, I'm biased because it's the company that I work for. It's the only company I work for. It's the company that pays me. Um, well, Damaris Dawkins against Harleen Lopez was good. Uh, the tag match with the air show versus Lucky 13 and Puff was fun. Um, even though Lucky did not win, he did get to dick kick everybody. <laughs> uh, then it's not match. a loss there. Right. Um, main event, multi-person match. Uh, Big Dan and his crew won after Avery Good tried to interfere and it backfired. And uh, Avery Good said, uh, just like he was at this show, to scout people because he's not the president he's not the director of fun he's the something of the championship committee for jerry's internet wrestling emporium's world title mm -hmm. so he yeah, i'm was, not sure what the something is either but he's yeah it's, it's, it's big to do uh he was there to scout talent and he also said that he's going to be at steel stack smackdown 2 to scout talent and big dan after the match said he big dan will also be at Steel Stack Smackdown 2 and since Avery Good said he is going to be there and Avery Good said he is never wrestling again, Big Dan said it does not matter if it's in the parking lots if it's in the atrium if it's at the merch table if it's at the crowd, their paths are going to cross and Big Dan is going to get his hands on Avery Good Oh shoot And I, Oh go ahead No I was just going to say I wonder if uh, Avery Good scouting talent is going to grab Smoke Train and maybe use his mm. services. Yes, well, we'll get there momentarily um, with Steel Stack SmackDown 2. But uh, Mike Bailey and Cheeseburger had another match. Uh, this time, Cheeseburger was on the losing end. Uh, the series that does not exist uh, is at one apiece. I did pitch to the higher-ups at LVAC to do a best-of-seven spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match. <laughs> Even though the first two matches did not have any stipulations. Uh, but they did brawl throughout the crowd. And uh, Cheeseburger did hit Speedball Mike Bailey with someone's corn on the cob. <laughs> Should be banned from the territory for that. That's egregious. Yes. Uh, but the poster is out there. Live flyers and things being handed out. Uh, the meet and greet opportunities. Oh, there's that word again at Steel Stack SmackDown 2 is going to be uh, Smoke Train Charles Wright himself, the Godfather, and uh, D'Lo Brown. Nice. He didn't make it onto the poster in time, though. Uh, they wanted to have posters printed up for this. Sure. And the deal with D'Lo Brown was not finalized until literally I got to the show, said hi to some people, went to the bathroom, came out, and they go, oh, D'Lo's on the show, too. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice. I wonder how many more Nation members we can get before the show happens. I mean, Bethlehem is Rock's, you know, hometown, one of the many. 
Well, there's a fan fest going on in Hamburg that same day. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the way that they're getting the guys to show up on the later show is maybe cutting a deal like, hey, you're already in town. Hamburg to Bethlehem is like a short car ride. You want to make an extra X amount of dollars. And I'm sure more and more names can and will be announced in the coming six weeks uh, between now and then. I'm not going to slow down the show, but I'm going to look at the website for that fest, uh, like that fan fest. And I'm going right. to like start I'm going to start like fantasy booking who I want to show up to steal. Stacks. Well, you OK, so uh, if you want to and you want to, um, I'm going to play the music. I'm going to say the first thing for this day in wrestling history while you're looking at it. And then you can give me some names and I could break your heart. How about that? <laughs> well, I don't want my heart broken, so I'm not going to do it. OK, but all right. This day in history. Let's do it. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So, I'm going to want to jump around, okay? All right. Uh, We're going to kind of work backwards, if that's okay with you. Uh, So, This Day in Wrestling History, uh, 25 years ago, uh, our head-to-head Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. Now, uh, again, Nitro is a bit of a mess, okay? Um, Shocking. Shocking. I know you're surprised by this, but this episode of Nitro is Sting going back to the black and white face paint. Okay. To team with heel Bret Hart, who's in the NWO, to take on the Giant and Scott Hall, his also members of the NWO. It all makes complete sense. Go on. Right. Now, also, I did mention before, and and we did get some information, thank you very much, of where these full nitros exist with the NWO nitro segments. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget Steve Wizard, I think, and I'm mispronouncing how you have that spelled there in your so forth. Um, Thank you for the heads up on that. My kid was very excited to find that site. Um, (laughs) But as silly as that is... Um, there is another site that has the episode of the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, where the challenge is accepted. Okay, let's play it. I said I had him on last night. Well, I'm going to apologize to Hulk Hogan one more time. Let's bring him on. Hulk, come on out. Come on out. Here he is. Hulk, come on out. Hey, Terry's so, never looked better. <laughs> He's got to work on his tan. Let me apologize to you and Linda Schiff. Oh, no. All right. It's a four and a half minute clip. Yeah, it's a four and a half minute clip. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but here comes Terry and Bischoff through the crowd. You know something, Leno? You're a real stupid little man. You know, you come out here every week cutting on me, brother. But the, no, no, no. Let me just tell you. The bottom line is this is all serious business, joke man. You crossed the line. I cross, I no, no, listen. You crossed the line between personal and business. Look, now okay, you're affecting let me. Get, let me get you a hat, okay? Look, I'm tired of oh! You want to go? 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 You want to go?
vacation in LA or you're a tourist or whatever and you get on the list and you get the free tickets to go see the Tonight Show and this nonsense is going on yeah, you're hoping to maybe see George Clooney or something like that and you're like <laughs> yeah like a real star not yeah. Hulk Hogan yeah <laughs> so anyway so that's what's going over on Nitro uh, over on Monday Night Raw of course um, we have our continuation of the Brawl for All. Um, yes. We're on our like third or fourth week in a row of them doing Triple H versus X-Pac as like a babyface, babyface match. Okay. Okay. Um, but I would say uh, as a follow-up from last week with the um, threat from Mr. Yamaguchi-san, this week... We get the payoff. Now, this this is not in the Peacock version of uh, this episode of Raw either. So. The, so the cock got rid of the scene about the cock? Yes. Oh, blasphemy. Right through the bags. Look, nobody's even helping him. They know this is between Yamaguchi-san and Val Venus. Oh, wait a minute. Kai and Ty and Val Venus. Where are they going with this man? Val Venus is a human being. He's being treated like an animal. Yeah, barely. You can't do that. Stop that. Ty and Ty dragging Val Venus into a room. And, wait a minute, King. That's a, that's a chopping block. What are they going to do here? I like how implication at first is that they're going to cut off. You don't think that he yeah. would. You don't. I, Is it always pixelated? Yes. It was always pixelated because it's his naked ass. They have his tights off. No, I got that, but I've seen like still photos of his bare ass, and I didn't know if that was from the original airing or not. I'm sure there's still photos that they took for like the magazine or something. Sure. But definitely the way it aired on TV was his pixelated ass. Gotcha. And follow-up question, what is Yamaguchi's daughter up to these days? Uh, Yamaguchi-san's wife? Oh, wife. Okay, I apologize. I, I, <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy it, about the details. Again, in the storyline, Adam, come on, keep up with an expert storyteller like Vince Russo. She <laughs> is Yamaguchi-san's wife, but she's also Takamichinoku's sister. Okay, no, you, that's all making sense now. What is, but again, you're bearing the lead. What's she up to these days? <laughs> uh, again, far, far away from the wrestling business. Let's say that. Smart girl. Now, also on this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago, uh, from the uh, Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey, World Wrestling Entertainment held their SummerSlam pay-per-view. Okay. Heart, and the subtitle was Heart and Soul. This, ah. was, this was the main event of Mr. Hitman taking on The Undertaker for the WWE World title with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. Even better. And it's a great poster, too, for the event. Right. And if Sean interferes in the match against Brett, he's suspended from the World Wrestling Entertainment forever. 
Well, thankfully, Sean is a man of uh, high integrity, and he would never do that. Yes. Uh, so this uh, is a card, and there's other stuff that happens on the card. The main of the main event, this match with Brett and Undertaker is really good. The opener with uh, Mankind and Triple H in the cage is really, really good. Um, the Austin versus Owen match is historically significant. <laughs> yeah, it had a little bit of an oopsie in it. Yes. Now, I'm going to quiz you, Adam. Oh, geez. I'm going to put you on the spot. So, going into this event, all the members of the Hart Foundation put self-imposed stipulations on themselves if okay. they did not win their matches at Survivor Series or at SummerSlam, right? Yeah. Now, I will say that only four of the five members of the Hart Foundation had matches at Survivor Series, but another member added on his own stipulation as well. Can you remember any of those stipulations? Uh, Pillman had to wear a dress. Right. Neidhart had to shave off his goatee or his mustache or whatever. His his goatee, yes. Um, I don't remember Owen or Bulldog, though. Do you remember Brett? I don't. J- okay. Those two stand out because of the, the absurdity of the, the two I mentioned, you know? Okay. So Pillman says if he doesn't win his match, he's going to wear the dress. He loses his match, he wears the dress. Bulldog says if he does not win his match... He's going to eat dog food. He he loses his match, uh, but does not eat the dog food. Uh, Owen says that if he does not... You did say Owens, right? Or no? Uh, I, I said I did not know Owens. Okay. All I said was Neidhart and Pillman. Okay, Owen, if he does not beat... If he loses to Steve Austin... Or no, if... Yeah, so if, if, if he beats Steve Austin, then Steve Austin, Austin has to kiss Owen's ass. Okay. And if Brett doesn't win, he can never wrestle in the United States again. All right. Yeah, you can see why I remember the two wrestle crap ones, right? Right. So the two wrestle crap ones. So Neidhart says, if any member of the Hart Foundation loses, then I'm going to shave my my goatee. Three of the members of the Hart Foundation lose, and they just completely ignore the Bulldog and uh, Anvil Stips the next night on Raw. Wow. You know, they had more important things to do. Yeah. Uh, But also on this day uh, in wrestling history, 27 years ago, from the ECW arena, the event entitled The Doctor is In. Okay. Uh, So, again, I'm not going to go through the entire card, um, but we do have... You know, the match that everything was set up for, which was Taz and Brian Lee taking on Tommy Dreamer and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Uh, we have Sabu versus Rob Van Dam in a stretcher match. Okay. We have Two Cold Scorpio taking on Chris Jericho in what would be Chris Jericho's last ECW match. Not only was I there for the show, but a young Tony Khan was here for the show as well. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before that you should have befriended him. I didn't know. He was just <laughs> like I said, they, like I was a kid, he was a kid. He was there with his dad, you know. Yeah. Your millionaire radar should have went off. It should have <laughs> billionaire yeah. radar. So, you have to bear in mind that this is the early days of the internet, okay? Very early days of the internet. 
And this was the night before they ran the show at the Lulu Temple, and this was Jericho versus Sabu, you know, the only match they ever had in their storied rivalry. <laughs> um, but then there was also rumor of something else that happened at that show, right? Okay. It was rumor and innuendo. And then as we're waiting in line for the show to get in, we saw some members of the ECW roster bringing certain things into the ring with them or into the building with them. And at that point, it was confirmed what had happened the night before the Lulu Temple was the test. And it's going to happen here tonight at the ECW arena. Now, this entire event did get a VHS home release, but a lot of it was cut up for TV, of course. Um, and the moment that I'm talking about kicked off that episode of TV. Now, obviously, it's the episode of TV, but we're going by the live event. So if you will indulge me, Adam, we're going to go to that moment right now. All right, let's do it. Now, this is a moment. I know each and every one of you people. That's very changed. Oh, yeah, that's it. Me too. <laughs> but you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to give you that pleasure. Oh. On tonight's program, the reason being, I just happen to have a bigger rock group in the house tonight. Yeah, whatever. The world heavyweight title. Unbelievably bigger than me, huh? And the world tag team so titles. Right now, We'll be on the line. Open that reunion tour. You can hear the fans starting to chant because there was the rumor from the night before. Gotcha. Come. Kiss. Kiss. Did he say kiss? Obviously, it doesn't have the same effect without the music on the yeah. network version. Kiss this. I want nothing to do with this mess. Gene Simmons looks great. For him. Yeah. <laughs> The bit that they do a close-up here with Meanie, that's in the opening. Yeah. And for weeks and everything else, they had been doing the, like, imposter gimmicks, Meanie and Stevie. So if that, if this moment here wasn't the solidify, like, the beginning of, it was the absolute solidification of, like, Stevie and Meanie's baby face turn. Yeah. Yeah, no, like their their impersonations were like something that I would talk about with like the other one ECW fan in my <laughs> high school all the time, you know? So and that's and so and again, you know, that's another thing, you know, the, the, the ninety-six ECW arena dates line up with us doing the recordings. When we get to November and we do November to remember, we're gonna get the debut of the solidification of Stevie specifically's baby face turn. Nice. That's when they start taking over. That's right. Exactly. That's when the takeover happens. But uh, and again, you know, in, in the in the time frame of things like NWO is, you know, 96 we're talking about. So NWO at this point is less than a month old. Right. Mm -hmm. So for another company like ECW to hit on it like three months later, I think, is like about as fresh as a parody of something like this is. Yeah. Uh, you know, of acknowledgement of something like this. Now, granted, 
you know, we'll get to it with, uh, I think a 96 EC or WWF pay-per-view might line up or something. Um, when they do the fake razor and fake diesel stuff, but I tell you the more and more this stuff for us recording lines up with the 96 ECW stuff, the more and more I fall in love all over again with 1996 ECW. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not a hard sell. You know, it's no. <laughs> a great era. All right. So that's what we got. No paparazzi production this week, unfortunately. Um, very and yeah, sad. very sad. So let's, Let's get into uh, what we uh, want to talk about, discuss, or otherwise from the last uh, week in professional wrestling. All right. Uh, this week, do you mind if I start off? Yes. This time for once, you could start off. All right. Um, I am just, again, I'm con- I'm contractually obligated to continue following the story. So I do want to talk about Cole and MJF just because I'm so invested in this. And they had their match on Collision, the world, the tag team title match against FTR Balds and FTR Hair. And, you know, it, it was what it was. We weren't sure going into this, at least I wasn't. Are they going to put the tag belts on them? Are they going to have MJF turn during this match or whatever? But what we basically got was... Cole was in line to receive the big rig or the shatter machine, whatever they call it now. MGF pushes Cole out of the way and basically eats FTR's finish. And uh, Cole and um, MGF lose. And then you have MGF kind of breaking down that he lost the match. And then he gets the belt and they're, they're teasing that he's going to hit the belt shot. And Adam Cole's even like, go ahead, do it, do it. And, you know, MJF is like crying or fake crying or whatever, but then they hugged it out. So I was like, okay, well, they're going to keep this going. I kind of was expecting slash hoping for an Adam Cole super kick there, you know, just to give us that swerve that I was like leaning towards that maybe MJF would stay the baby face out of this. But then it led to us getting the segment on Dynamite where, you know, MJF is like, yeah, I'm an asshole, but I'm your, or I'm a scumbag, but I'm your scumbag. And, you know, I, I think it's an interesting play on MJF that he can be a, a dick and still be a good guy. But my question after all this is obviously they announced that at Wembley, you're going to have Adam Cole versus MJF. And it's like, hey, it's two best friends fighting and Roderick Strong is upset about it. But. Do you think that this match, first of all, obviously, what did you think of all this? But do you think this match needs somebody turning on somebody else to kind of sell it? Or are you fine with it being babyface versus babyface? But overall, I enjoyed it. Like, I'm liking this arc. I'm with you. I'm liking the arc. The only real nit. Now, I listen, I, I'm pun intended all in on this, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you watch like the post thing from the match on Saturday that went up on YouTube? No. If it's not on TV, uh, it's not canon for me. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously, I'm watching all the ancillary material because I want to know more because I'm not going to say that I'm involved in the lore, but I'm looking for the cracks in the foundation, not to see bad storytelling, but to see if the hints are there of who's going to turn on who. You're like when you used to uh, scour through all the Being the Elite YouTube shows to kind of figure out storylines. Right. Going over them with a fine-tooth comb, (laughs) you know, so I could count the number of hair follicles on different people's heads, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, But it's 
the only nitpick that I have, and we'll get into all the good stuff, but the only nitpick that I have is after the match, it shouldn't have been so um, blatant of Max picking up the title, pretending like he's going to go and hit Cole with it. Cole on the other side of the ring with his back turned to MJF being like, I know it's coming. I know it's coming, right? Yeah. I think that was a little hammy. That was a little over the top. That was a little bit dinner theater production with a capable agent, maybe a different run through, maybe somebody who says no to some of the parties involved. We could have made that a little bit more subtle. Mm -hmm. But what we got on Wednesday, I liked, Um, you know, the, the Roderick strong freak out backstage, um, the the agreement that this is going to be a match between two friends. Um, and we did have the last, you know, let's say week or two where it looks like MJF is the one who's going to snap and turn. Maybe for the next two weeks, you do something where it looks like Adam Cole is going to be the one that snaps and turns. And we could sit here and fantasy book and dream book it and everything else until our hearts content. But I like what we've gotten of it so far. Like, if my only nitpick so far is that, then, you know, I think they're doing all right. Like, I mostly enjoyed a live in front of the crowd Max promo. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. I, I think that this is honestly, outside of maybe, like, I look back at, like, my favorite MJF stuff. And there's, you know, he's... I, never hated mjf but i've i've gotten cringe moments from him like i look back and like oh maybe my favorite thing is like the dinner debonair with jericho you know as just being over the top corny but funny and like aside from that this might be my favorite mjf ever out of the 27 different tweaks that they've done to his character over the last three years Mm -hmm. now i know it doesn't come up on my comic book stuff but i know he's at monster mania con this weekend Mm mm-hmm and you can get a special photo op with him in the devil mask. Remember when he was the devil? <laughs> well, he still says, you know, he says we're all devil worshippers, so I don't think mm. he's given that up, you know? Okay. He How much wear the mask anymore. Is he, he wearing the mask or do you wear the mask? I think he wears the mask. <laughs> you should just have like somebody else be there and just wear it for him. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have to show up. All right, well, what do you got, Joe? All right. Uh, again, got a lot of stuff. It's been a busy week, um, and you might be surprised by some of the stuff that's on here and some of the stuff you may not be surprised about. Uh, one of the things that I think you'll be surprised about is, um, and this may be tipping my hand a little bit uh, for uh, does Joe know the card a little bit later on, but on Monday Night Raw this past week, I think you know they put it up all, all up on YouTube as one thing, but I think they did it over like three segments. But they did like a like a six minute, six and a half minute promo wrap up storytelling thing for the Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler match. Okay, and it made me care about a match that I did not care about before and still don't care about. But watch it, and I'm like, oh, if this was anyone other than Ronda Rousey, like I'd be super invested in all this. Okay, did the thing that make you invested about it just the presentation of the clips or the story that they told? Because I didn't see it. I I honestly, I stopped watching WWE completely, but... It it felt different. It felt special. It felt like this match meant something. Now, granted, it's involving Ronda Rousey, so I know it doesn't mean anything. 
But I think if you are in on the WWE product and you were on the fence about whether or not I should care about this match, this six minutes, six and a half minutes of TV time that they had devoted to it, more than made this match seem just as important as any other match in the SummerSlam card, if not more important than others. Which is actually really surprising for WWE because generally if you're not one of the two women champions, there are no programs. Like there's no such thing as a secondary program in WWE for women. You know, it's just who's chasing after the belts. That's why that's why it was so surprising to me. Yeah, no, I got you. And obviously maybe the tag belts sometimes, but like if it's not, there's no mid card feuds. But all right, interesting. We'll get into that. I do have some kind of theories or at least asking your take on stuff. We'll get into that when we get into it during the show on the card, you know? Sure. Um, again, cause I said, I just didn't bother to set WWE shows to my DVR or to my YouTube DVR yet. Uh, I'm going to stick with AEW and I'm going to say that my new dream booking for the next like month or so of television is I want every episode of dynamite to have jungle Jack Perry come out. And grab a microphone and then have Jerry Lynn introduce another ECW legend to chase off Jungle just so I can hear the different original music and get the pop. Like, I want to hear Inner Sandman and then have, like, Sandman chase off Jungle Boy. I want to hear Man in the Box. (laughs) I want to hear Keep Them Separated. No, no, okay. I need to cut you off right there. Okay. I want to, first of all, there's no way TK is going to be able to spring for Inner Sandman, right? Uh, don't say never say never he's like you've got rolling stones and like Mm -hmm. okay but you said man in the box okay yeah and listen i i like the memory of tom dreamer okay (laughs) but once you bring tom dreamer into your promotion there's one person that always seems to follow just a few steps behind and i don't want no i didn't want to say this person's name and you know who I'm talking about. I do, but that person doesn't have recognizable music. In his music mind, he does. In his mind, he has whatever music he uses. Like, brother, when they hear that music, they go wild and the heat is off the chain. No, it's not Vince Russo, but they do sound <laughs> similar. Um, no, it, you're not allowed to come in unless you have like a radio hit music okay. song. Like, I want to hear Butthole Surfers like... Come on and have Mikey Whipwreck come out. Like, all I right. Want, I want all of that stuff. And uh, the the person that you're speaking of uh, does not have music. Hmm. So it's okay. He doesn't count. Yeah. But I just want that to be the thing. Like, obviously, there's ne- you don't have to have matches. Because then you're put in a position. It's like, does Jungle Boy lose to these, like, 50-year-old out-of-shape people, 60-year-old out-of-shape people? You just, you know, chase them around with a kendo stick or a shopping cart full of plunder or whatever. And just uh, then go wherever you're going to go with it. But I want to hear a different song every week until TK runs out of money. As someone who just minutes ago said, oh, the more I watch it, the more I fall in love with 1996 ECW. I would rather. I'm done with ECW revivals in 2023. It's not a revival, it's a cheap pop. It's a nostalgia mm. thing. Uh huh. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Right. I, think R, I think RVD is the beginning and end until Taz gets in good enough shape to get out in that ring and choke <laughs> someone out, you know? 
And then when Taz comes out, I better hear War Machine by Kiss. Mm-hmm. I don't want no, like, the stupid one that was on ECW CD. I want straight the, War Machine. The knockoff War Machine. Yeah, no, I want the Kiss one from the, uh, the one album where they didn't wear face paint. <laughs> I'd be okay with either one. Uh, because I think Taz used the fake one longer than he used actual War Machine. It's possible. I just remember going to used CD stores with like a checklist and buying CDs that just had one song that I wanted. It was uh, all CW themes. You kids don't know how good you have it today. <laughs> I know. Uh, right, what do you got? I got another AEW thing and I got a collision thing. Okay. And Adam, the mystery has been revealed. The long-standing collision mystery, what was in Phil's bag? <laughs> and I know we were all so surprised when Phil brought out the AEW title. And I know people are saying, oh, it's just a replica title. And I say, no, it's probably the actual one because Max had a fake one made with the Burberry strap. So that probably is the quote unquote real one. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Punk had the audacity. He dared to spray paint on the title, but not just spray paint an X on the title, Adam. He spray painted it intentionally over the E on the title as <laughs> though he was symbolically crossing out the elite from that title. Not that that was the dead center of the title and that's where you would put an X through. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. but it leads to Ricky Starks coming out who technically... Now, listen, uh, Phil has this thing that he says. Uh, what's the catchphrase that he says now? I'm the biggest liar in the world. Is that it? <laughs> uh, that might not be it, no. That might not be it. Okay. Is it tell me when I'm telling lies? That sounds more accurate, yes. Okay. So when he was carrying the ba- the title around in a bag, was he the world champion? Uh, well, he's never lost the belt. He's never, he's never lost the belt. Yeah, so I guess he, he he was, you know? Okay. So Ricky Starks beat him clean. In the, well, Ricky Starks beat him. But the matchmakers the match did not designate that it was for the AEW World Heavyweight title. That has to be in the contract. But shouldn't an honorable person like Phil, who doesn't lie by his own admission, therefore is a liar, say you beat me for the title that i don't deserve that i carry around in a bag that i only bring out when it's convenient for me and i lie to myself i didn't defend the title for nine months i don't know that's a 30-day clause 90-day clause pretty sure there's not a nine-month clause (laughs) they didn't say moxley's the interim champion max is the interim champion they said they're the champion they said CM Punk is stripped of the title. So CM Punk just comes out on TV and lies and says, <laughs> the owner of the company stripped me of the title. I didn't wrestle for nine months. I'm still the champion. I'd like to tell Phil something. I'd like to tell Phil he's lying. <gasps> he's lying to himself. He's lying to the fans. Every time that he says, I'm still the world champion. I do like the... I do like on commentary and the promo packages and the hype-up videos and everything else like that, they do call CM Punk the alleged AEW world champion, akin Mm. to Ric Flair being the alleged world champion when he came into WWE in 1992. Plus, Phil refers to himself as the real world's champion. 
right. just like Flair, you know? Yeah, so so they set up the match for this week on Collision with a special guest referee of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, somebody who has refereed matches for CM Punk. Uh, he was the catalyst in Ring of Honor to get CM Punk to turn from baddie to goody. Will he be the catalyst to get CM Punk to turn from kind of sort of goody to all the way baddie this week on Collision? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. And as much as I'm needling Phil uh, for all the dumb stuff that he does and all the holes in his own storyline that he's built around himself <laughs> um, to protect himself and make himself feel safe, I'm invested. I want to see what happens next. I really liked all of this, so I'm yeah. just going to say right now, I, I did like it. Um, I there I have confused feelings because I'm like, am I supposed to like Phil or dislike Phil? And I don't even think he knows or like AEW knows what they're going for, because obviously he is the baby face because Ricky Starks has been built up as the heel, but he's receiving negative reactions from the crowd. He's playing it up. He did the Hogan ears, you know, the, the, the Terry like cup to the ear thing. Uh, and Ricky Starks is getting cheered. Uh, and as far as your did his loss, CM Punk's loss to Ricky Starks was that for the title. This is AEW, Joe, that was an eliminator match, you know? So Ricky Starks won. So now he's the content number one contender for that belt. Uh, but uh, I like the fact that, you know, he spray paints the X and he's like, X is for straight edge and straight edge means I'm better than you. And I'm like, oh, nostalgia. You know? So like, I like that. And I even like the tease of when, you know, related to but unrelated, the elite on Dynamite, when they all did their thing and said, you know, we've re-signed and we're going to be on Rampage and Dynamite and maybe even Collision, you know, so the seeds of possibly that leading to something at all out or whatever is there so i like all this you know i get that there's people involved in it that are non-preferred or borderline non-preferred but i like this storyline i like cm punk as the i'm not sure if he's a giant scumbag or a scumbag pretending to be a good guy or what but I do like it, and I have no problem with him pulling a title out and saying he's never lost it because that's what heels do. And if he's playing a borderline heel, like that's Shawn Michaels with the Intercontinental Belt leading to WrestleMania ten. It's it's you know copy an A get an A, Joe. You know, Adam, you got one guy on Collision calling himself the World Champion. It's unclear. Is he a goodie? Is he a bad guy? Is he trying to be good, but he's really bad? Is he trying to be bad, but he's really good? And then you've got a guy on Dynamite who also claims to be the world champion, who's a goodie. Is he a baddie? He came out this week and said he's trying hard to be a goodie, but he's still your scumbag. It seems as though these two people might be on a collision course somewhere down the road. <laughs> I, I get, a I collision see the course. Yes, I see, I see the parallels. But I think it's unnecessary because, again, you're trying to build towards these two giant shows, All Out and All In or whatever, the other flip-flop that. Uh, I, I see no need to to have them face off and determine a uni- like an undisputed champion. Like, just have Phil have a stupid straight-edge belt and eventually turn it into another world title. You have 17 hours of television a, a week. 
go the WWE route and have two belts. And again, I will respectfully disagree. Let's not copy World Wrestling Entertainment. In the real world of professional wrestling, if I'm the world champion, MJF, and there's some guy on this another show that still says AEW is going out there and saying, no, no, the guy that's been the champion for the last nine months who defends it on every pay-per-view and every once in a while on TV, he's not the champion. I am. I want to go shut that guy up. I, I understand, but and, as a fan, I want to see all parties involved in other storylines that they've been teasing or building towards, you know? I think we could we could get there i think we could still do cole and mjf at wembley and then say the winner of that is going to take on punk at chicago the next day or yeah like it's not it's like a week or two later or whatever it is you know what i mean like but i i want goddamn kenny omega versus cm punk when am i getting that you're not getting that, Adam. I'm very sorry. Um, oh, I want there's, it. There's probably a very good chance, unless Punk is opening up the show at Wembley, that you're not going to see any of the members of the Elite on the Wembley show. Um, but it is what it is. <laughs> I, I know all yeah. the Elite boys uh, re-signed with the company. I would have absolutely put something into their contracts that said they all have to play nice with CM Punk or they're not allowed to re- Like, it's in their contract that they have to. Um, yeah. But I have a feeling that it's not. And I have a feeling that, at the very least, the Bucks are not going to be on, not that you care, are going to be on Wembley. Maybe Hangman, maybe Kenny. They seem to be the less dickish of the crew, but anything can happen in the world of sports and entertainment, you know? Yeah. I cannot see if you're AEW and you're putting on your largest show ever and arguably one of the biggest wrestling shows ever that you're going to have like Kenny Omega is not going to be on it. Hangman page is not going to be on it. Like I, again, I don't care about the bucks, but like I, you have to have, I don't care who they're wrestling. You have to have hangman and Omega on that show. Even if it's a tag match against Dark Order, I don't care. They have to be on the show. So, okay, I agree. But if they come and say, if Punk's on the show, we're not going to be on the show, what do you do as Tony Khan? Do you not book Punk? They were all on Forbidden Door and nobody died. (laughs) You know, no dogs got kicked. We shall a bigger arena than wherever Forbidden Door was. There's more rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, we shall see. All right. You got anything else, Joe? I got a lot more. <laughs> Are you, you have anything else you have to cover? Yes. Right, yes, I do. Uh, but I will be. I will be as quick as possible. Are you done? I'm done. You hit the other thing I was going to talk All about, right. Phil. So. All right. I can hit my two real quick here. So we're talking about All In. We're talking about the big show at Wembley. We're talking about the show that's already sold almost 80,000 tickets or whatever it is. And there's just a few more in advance that you needed to sell. And I had postulated weeks, and if not months ago, I had said to someone, put the title on Sting, build up to do Sting versus MJF at All Out, have it be a retirement match. 
just so that you get like a big marquee match there, a match that you've never done before. You could have it be Sting's official, unofficial retirement. But most importantly, you can get Sting to go out and do all the media for the England show with the AEW title, right? Mm -hmm. And Adam, sometimes I like it when I'm wrong because they didn't send Sting out to do all of the media for All Out. And it's not someone who is the champion. It's someone who has this. <laughs> we gotta get to a wee woo. Hang on. <laughs> Alright. So, Double J, run of the gamut all week. He Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, flies home and wrestles on Dynamite on Wednesday, flies back out to continue to do press to build up that Wembley show, doing four, five, six TV and radio interviews a day to hype up that show. Jeff Jarrett is paying for himself in dividends. You're welcome. <laughs> You're all allowed to be on the Jeff Jarrett train with me. There's plenty of room. For the longest time, it's just been me. And then this big empty bus, me and Jeff. <laughs> Now it's all of everyone, and I'm glad to have you all on board. But uh, it, it's just crazy to see 2023. It's not the Bucks. It's not Kenny. It's not any of these homegrown talents. It's Double J going out there, beating feet, spreading the word about the biggest show of the year. And it's funny as you talk about that, I'm thinking like I, I, I'm thinking about Double J, which I often do, and I'm like Double J is literally going to come up in almost every segment of this show and the Patreon. You know, like we're going to be talking about WCW 2000. We're going to be talking about, you know, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. We're talking about AEW now and Wembley. And he's got his fingerprints on everything. And uh, good on him, you know? It's almost as though we're all living on planet Jarrett, Adam. Yeah. I mean, really, the man only lost once, and that was in the gender neutral monarch tournament. But other That's than that, he wins all the time. Mm, it's still a disputed finish, but anyway. <laughs> um, but on the flip side of things, back to the world wrestling entertainment, right? And okay. this will lead nicely into uh, does Joe know the card that it's getting plugged a second time here? But just this past Friday on SmackDown, they made the big announcement. Yet another match for SummerSlam has been announced. And it's a battle royal, Adam. Mm -hmm. But it's not just any battle royal, right? It's a sponsored battle royal. It's the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. And if you've got a match on one of your big four pay-per-views that has some sort of garbage food tie-in, there's only <laughs> one man to call to help push that match, and that is... L.A. Knight. Again, it's been a lot. It's much been a much shorter road, but it was just me and L.A. Knight. <laughs> Started the journey in Hagerstown, Maryland, and now <laughs> there's thousands of people involved. OK, um, now there's been some talk and speculation and we'll get into it with the does Joe the no does Joe know the card stuff that maybe this match is happening at the detriment to some other talents. And again, I say six of one, half a dozen the other. These sponsors that come in could sponsor literally any match that there is. You know, when they did the 
what was the the cinnamon toast crunch sponsored match at WrestleMania? All the hype videos for it leading up to it involved the New Day, and then they ended up being the sponsors for Rey Mysterio versus Dominic. Yeah. So shit made no sense, right? It's just wherever WWE decides to put this sponsorship, they could have as easily put the Slim Jim sponsorship in one or two or three of the other matches that were never officially announced and now are not happening on SummerSlam instead of a Battle Royal. Why did they make the decision for it to be Battle Royal? I'd like to think because it was something that the sponsorships and the people see the groundswell of support behind a character like LA Knight and <laughs> feel good putting the money in that. And I need somebody to grab me the clip. It was on the Saturday, like WWE does a Saturday afternoon, like shows called afterburn or some shit. Right. Okay. It's like they're fake talking smack. Um, but in his promo in the middle of hyping up, the Battle Royal, LA Knight stops in the middle of the thing, points at the camera and says, thank you, Slim Jim. And I need somebody <laughs> to grab that clip for me because I need that as a gif as well that I can uh, put alongside him thanking Mountain Dew. He's a guy <laughs> who knows to work with these sponsors. And I think the sponsors see that. I think WWE sees that. And I'm glad to have, again, I'm glad to have you all on board. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, if LA Knight wins this, battle royal and then goes on to become the next spokesman you know i mean i'm sure he'll be no macho man he'll be no warhorse but like him yes. as <laughs> him as the the spokesman for slim jim saying slap uh, snap it to a slim jim yeah <laughs> you know on tv <sighs> every every commercial break how amazing Adam. would that be <laughs> yeah if okay right. <laughs> so I just touched your heart there for, for, fuck Warhorse. Secondly, <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. Bam Bam Bigelow did them. Diesel did them. Warrior did them. But everyone remembers Macho Man. Macho yeah. Man is iconic. And listen, LA Knight is not going to come close to being the iconic level spokesperson for Slim Jim that Macho Man is, right? Well, that's that's Twitter, Twitter talk, but go ahead. Okay, well, listen to me. It's it's a different time. You can't judge whatever it is. I'd love for it to happen, but I'm a realist, okay? That being said, if they go the full hog and they have a wrestler being a spokesperson for Slim Jim, I'm going to need one of those L.A. Night Slim Jim stand-ups for my house. <laughs> I thought that sentence was going to end with you need one of those counter like the the countertop holders, but I didn't realize it was going full cardboard cutout. I, I appreciate. I it. need the I, whatever they do, whatever promotional materials that are in stores for the LA Night Slim Jims. I need one, Adam, and I'm going to make a confession here on this show. Okay, All I right. made this confession on the show seven months ago. I never drank Mountain Dew in my entire life, ever. At DJ's house, at soon-to-be-named Network North, because of L.A. Night, because of Mountain Dew Pitch Black, I had my first Mountain Dew, and it was terrible. <laughs> I got addicted. That I got the shakes trying to get off of the Pitch Black. <laughs> and Adam, I'm going to make another confession. In my entire life, I have never eaten a Slim Jim. Ever. If they have L.A. Night-sponsored, branded, packaging Slim Jims, I'm going to eat a fucking Slim Jim. <laughs> would you keep a slim jim like mint in package i don't know if they keep but like it, well i i think those things keep forever 
Um, they just wad them back into a ball, reprocess <laughs> them, and put them in new packaging with a new date on them. If L.A. Knight's picture is on the package, then I'm going to have to. <laughs> oh, man, I, I hope this happens for the bit, you know? <laughs> Adam, I'm not sure if you're aware, this is what working yourself into a shoot sounds like. <laughs> I know, I've done it before. <laughs> yes. All I got is, listen, all I got is Slim Jims and fucking dolls, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. when we start doing yeah, when we start doing a video podcast, we can both have our cardboard cutouts behind us. Yes, for the Patreon. <laughs> Mine will be greasy because it involves a Slim Jim. <laughs> we'll both have to laminate our cardboard cutouts. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Joe, why does your LA Knight have a hole cut out in his mouth? Oh, I was feeding him Slim Jims. <laughs> I was feeding him one big giant Slim Jim. Uh, anything else, Joe? No, that's all I got. Did you know there's a pay-per-view this Saturday? Very intimately, I do. <laughs> Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. His Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? Yawn! Let's find out. Joe, know the car. Oh, forgot about that last change. Thank you, Stefani. Thank you, Dwicky. <laughs> uh, hey, Joe, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all your L.A. night, yeah, news and information. Yeah. WWE is holding the premium live event SummerSlam this weekend. There are eight announced matches, none of which are on the pre-show. Joe, other than the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal, do you know the card? I do. Uh, I'm confident that I know the card. Um, so we got the Slim Jim Battle Royal. You mentioned that. We mentioned we got Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I don't think there's a stipulation on that. There is. It is MMA rules. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, okay. We can't have everything nice. Uh, we also have for the SmackDown women's title, Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. Correct. We've got um, Logan Paul versus Rick Cochet. Correct. We've got Gunther defending the Intercontinental title against uh, Drew McIntyre. That makes five. We've got Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against Jay Uso. That's six. We've got uh, Seth Franklin Rollins defending <laughs> the fake world title against Finn Balor. Yep. And we've got the American Nightmare Code Rhodes taking on the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. And again, they teased a stipulation, but I don't think... Did they officially announce a stipulation for this, or is this just another match? Uh, according to Wikipedia, there is not yet a stipulation. Okay, because I think they had teased one, nothing got officially announced. So yeah, there's your card, eight matches. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, tomorrow, SmackDown, five more matches will be added, you know? Uh, sure, I, I know they were building up something that was supposed to be Austin Theory versus... You know, whoever won that little Eliminator thing for the U.S. title, and that kind of got scrapped with whatever happened with the Santos Escobar Ray match. Um, I don't know. Got to get uh, 
Kevin Owens and Sammy on there, you know, probably not throw them in the battle royal, you know, to give them a real match. Yeah, but like, uh, who do you give them a real match against that you already haven't done on TV a bunch already? No, I don't know. I don't even know who they're like in a program with right now. Right. So the big two, actually, that it felt like TV was building up to that never got officially announced for the pay-per-view was Becky Lynch versus Trish. Yeah. And Rhea Ripley defending the title against Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So these are things that had actual builds on TV. Everyone assumed that they were going to have SummerSlam matches and they don't. Yeah. I mean, they've had, I was just going to say, like, Alpha Academy and the Vikings. You can have, like, Sammy and KO defend against them, because I know they've all been doing stuff. So, if you're going to put... So, Rhea should absolutely be on the pay-per-view, since she's the Raw Women's Champ, right? Yeah, and And it's SummerSlam. It's not like it's freaking in-your-house battle lines or something. Right. (laughs) Um, And this is also SummerSlam, and you've only got eight announced matches... Um, I, I, I'm, I am with you that we're probably going to get at least three more matches announced. There's probably going to be something that gets bumped to the pre-show. I wouldn't doubt it if the pay, the battle Royal gets bumped to the pay, the pre-show. And it's also SummerSlam that the big four pay-per-views typically don't go that three hours. You know, they go however long they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I think we had talked, um, at least once or twice here on the show that WWE really needs to look into at the very least WrestleMania is already two nights. I wouldn't be, I don't know if they announced Royal Rumble yet this year, but Royal Rumble should be two nights and have each night headlined by the men and the women's battle Royals respectively. And there's no reason that SummerSlam shouldn't be two nights. Yeah. I mean, have cities bid for the shows, turn it into a, you know, even a quarterly, I've, I mentioned Survivor Series, but obviously there's a big drop off to Survivor Series. But I mentioned doing four of these a year, taking two weekends, throwing NXT on the Friday or Thursday or whatever, and, you know, print some more money. Yeah. Um, so, I, again, that's one of the things like I was intimating before that there was a lot of people speculating. They're like, oh, why isn't the Slim Jim match the Becky Lynch match or the Rhea match or the whatever it is, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's the sponsor's deal. There's a lot more involved with making those decisions. And a lot of times it seems like it's random for the most part. um, Why things get sponsored and why other things don't. Um, You want all your big names and your big programs to be on your big show of the year. But it doesn't always work out that way. It sucks, but it is what it is. Right? Yeah. No, I get you. And I mean, gone are the days of pay-per-view checks you know so it's not like oh man kevin owens is missing out on a SummerSlam payday you know it doesn't work yeah. that way anymore right like and i'm sure there's a nice bonus or whatever it is but a lot of these guys are on guaranteed money contracts you know yeah any any out there predictions for any of the matches because i don't even know if i'm gonna watch to be honest with you but maybe you could sell me on something that i might want to tune into i can't i don't care about the show um, yeah. I have no, like, again, I, I, I know I mentioned before that the promo package for Rhonda and Shayna, like, had me hyped up. And I'm like, oh, this is an interesting build for this. But at the end of the day, it's those two in a fake, real MMA match. And it's going to be real lame. 
Um, I'm going to watch, I, like, I have a wedding that I'm going to be at while SummerSlam is going on. I'm going to watch the Battle Royal to see LA Knight win. And other than that, <laughs> I probably won't, I'll, I probably won't watch the rest of SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, if if I had any confidence that maybe Balor could win the fake world title, I'd want to mm. see that. But I don't think it's going to happen. Friend of the show and Patreon, Derek, is actually going to SummerSlam with those hopes. And uh, I saw what he paid for his ticket. So I think, like, for the price that he paid, he should get to sit on Balor's lap backstage for a little mm. while. <laughs> but I, I think Logan Paul versus Ricochet would probably steal the show. But I don't know if I want to watch it, you know? I, I, I have no vested interest in either one of those two characters in the slightest. Oh, I, I don't. Like, I I said before, I am unapologetically a fan of Logan Paul, the heel wrestler. And I think that the two of them will put on a spectacle. I don't. It, but it's just like generic wrestler one versus generic wrestler two in a high spot fest, which I'm fine with, you know? But what I'm saying is I don't know if it's enough for me to be like... Definitely not going to watch the show or fast forward to find it. If I happen to see on Twitter that it's like, oh, hey, this match is about to start. Maybe I would turn it on. I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the Battle Royal to see LA Knight win, and that's about it. Yeah. Don't care about Roman versus Jay. You know, like, Bloodline stuff is still entertaining, but it's not what it was pre-WrestleMania, and I don't think Jey Uso's beaten Roman, you know? Right. And I, I know there's a lot of people that have worked themselves into these things. It's like, oh, Jey has a chance of winning, or Finn has a chance of winning. We're getting Roman versus Seth title for title, champion versus champion at Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, it's just a shame. Like, obviously... Number one show is Mania. Number two show is Rumble. SummerSlam is supposed to be number three. And, like, just nothing for me, you know? Yeah. And more power to you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you like it, if that's your thing. Sure. Um, and, listen, I, I want to hear afterwards, like, oh, my God, you got to see this match. It was great. It was a classic. It was a this. Um, and we'll, well get there. Well, at the same time. Like, I always hear, like, oh, Gunther had this amazing match on SmackDown. And if somebody told me Gunther versus Drew McIntyre was a five-star match, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I'm not going to watch it, but that's cool, you know? Right. Can't make me, li like, be interested in people, you know? Exactly. <sighs> but, Joe, you know what I am interested in? Mm. Dark Side of the Ring based on Bash at the Beach 2000. Yeah. I'm going to say right off the rip. I have been complaining for weeks now that I, I'm not going to say don't like, but I like significantly less the episodes of Dark Side of the Ring that are basically a VH1 behind the music, a little mini documentary or mini biography of a wrestler's rise and fall. And I said that I wanted more snapshots of like a moment in wrestling you know i mentioned you know owens passing and i mentioned you know the the herb abrams pay-per-view and whatever this is what i wanted joe and you can say like oh this is a, a shit show and everybody's lying and then there's just a bunch of bs in there but this is the type of episode i wanted when i was complaining about the recent episodes and now this, I will say this, this is on paper the episode that I was looking forward to the least. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, 
you know, obviously I'm very biased and I thought Jeff came off the best out of all parties involved that they had the talking heads of. And I think, and I think a good chunk of it was that you have, you know, it's, it's recent enough that you can still get a majority of the parties involved. They had enough archival recording footage or whatever of Hulk to fill in some of those gaps. Um, Bischoff comes across on this as a sad, broken man. And Russo comes across on this as a sad, angry man. So I'm going to say, like, and I agree with everything you said there, Jarrett definitely was the glue that held this together as, like, the sane person in the room. And if I went into this knowing nothing about Bischoff, knowing nothing about Russo... And treat it like I'm a juror and I'm being presented with the case and I'm hearing the testimony of Bischoff and I'm hearing the testimony of Russo. And then I'm hearing, uh, I guess, an impartial party of Jeff Jarrett. Like coming out of this documentary, I'm more apt to believe Vince Russo and his side of everything than I am to believe anything that Bischoff says. Because as you said, Bischoff comes off like very like sad and angry and I didn't get that as much from Russo. Russo, more or less, I got the vibe of just somebody that's like, I've just had enough with wrestling and I don't care about it anymore, which is one of the things he says at the very end. But if, again, just taking the evidence that's presented before me of this documentary, Russo comes off much better than Bischoff to me. Yes, but that's like a far stretch because Ru- Bischoff comes off so bad in this. He comes off as the only one who defends the actions of Hulk Hogan, like the carny of all carnies. Yeah. And kind of says, like, oh, no, what Hulk was doing was right. And, you know, all these things that he did were good and helpful and definitely didn't lead to the destruction and loss of jobs for hundreds, if not, you know, whatever of people. And I mentioned before, and there's something that, listen, something got me blocked by Vince Russo on Twitter. Stupid or liar? (laughs) Vince Russo sits here and says he does not care about the wrestling business. And I tweeted this out actually earlier today in a conversation with other people. Imagine you're Vince Russo in 2023. The only thing that you were ever good at in your entire life was writing trash wrestling TV. But you were only good at it for three years. 23 years ago and the only thing that people want to talk to you for the last 23 years is that three year period of your life and tell you how much they hate it and how much it ruined the thing that they love (laughs) Vince Russo for the being the religious man that he is is in a hell of his own creating Vince Russo has many more passions in his life Adam, do you want to hear Vince Russo wax poetic about The Sopranos? Uh, I'd listen for a little bit. (laughs) Do you want to hear Vince Russo wax poetic about the 60s Batman TV show? Again, you're not losing me here. (laughs) Do you want to hear Vince Russo wax poetic about the, 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 the complete discography of tiny tim all right you lost me there yeah boom okay. Vince Russo. <laughs> okay 
These are things that Vince Russo is actually passionate about, things that he loves, things that he cares about and has a deep, intimate knowledge of. The problem is no one else cares about his feelings about those things other than him. They want to hear him talk about the thing that he hates most in this life, professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. People want to pay him to torture himself and talk (laughs) about professional wrestling. Vince Russo is in a hell of his own makings for his sins against the world of professional wrestling and the people in it. I think he's not doing himself any favors with like how he introduced himself at the beginning of the documentary. And I made a note of it. Cause he says like, I'm Vince Russo and I've been in the professional wrestling business since 1991. And I was like, really? Like we're still counting this as a concurrent run. <laughs> like, like He is. Yeah. You're still in the business in 2023. That's like me saying like, I've been training for, for ECW wrestling since 1998, you know, and, like I just never stopped just like and that 19- never stopped being in like, the wrestling business. And that 1991 to 1996 that he was in the business, he was the co-host of a AM radio show and he ran bus trips to WWE events. And then at some point in there, he was like Vic Venom, right? It was he does not become Vic Venom until 1996. Okay. So again, from 91 to 96, he's a guy who hosts a local access radio show about professional wrestling and occasionally ran bus trips when WWE would do pay-per-views in the Northeast. All right, so like technically I'm in the wrestling business right now. Again, Adam, <laughs> you and I doing this podcast are as much in the wrestling business as Vince Russo was from 1991 to 1996. And from, like, 2002 to 2023. (laughs) Well, again, he had stints with TNA during those times. Most of them were against the wishes of the parent company or the television partner or the advertisers or the wrestlers or the bookers or, you know what I mean? So, again, he's made this hell for himself, right? When. When he, but I will say this, he is at least somewhat more sympathetic these days than a Jim Cornette, even though he and Jim Cornette are more or less the same people with different accents. <laughs> bro, come on, bro. Right. <laughs> God damn. Oh, you know, the same shit, different day. They're the two same person complaining about the same thing. No, but the thing is, Vic. Jim Cornette and Vince Russo torture themselves by watching today's wrestling and commenting on it because they make money doing it. They are doing the right wing grift. Well, well, Vince Russo is right wing, but Jim Cornette lies about not being right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Bischoff just comes off as a sad, broken man in all of this. And Vince, uh, Dave Meltzer looks real bad. Uh, Dave Meltzer had like a lot of interesting things to say, but he looks old and sad too. He needs to stop wearing skin tight shirts, like trying to look like a big guy. Like that doesn't do him any services. Yeah. He needs to update his wardrobe to be like more age appropriate. Yeah. Like wear a button up long sleeve shirt. You know, yeah. it could still be tight. It could still show off the guns, but like, let's, let's not, let's not wear the affliction shirt like Vince Russo, <laughs> you know, but uh, Jeff Jarrett's gonna... the best. That's all. Yeah. 
he, I was going to say Jarrett came off a little bit more in the Russo camp as well, and I'm sure it has to do with the fact Russo wanted to p- push him back then, you know, but right. let me and ask you that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I hate to belabor this and talk so long about this, but, you know, obviously at the time, Russo and Jeff were friends. And, you know, obviously we look at it 23 years later, but even at that time, when Vince tells Jeff to go and do this, which, like, flies in the face of everything that Jeff has believed as a professional wrestler, but also he wants to stay true to his friend, his friend who was in charge of the company, who was giving him a push and, you know, kind of looked out for him with the higher-ups and whatever it was. So, you know, Jeff, you know, did what he thought was best, which was helping his friend. And, you know, obviously everything all said and done 23 years on, Jeff is doing much better um, than I would say Russo or Bischoff or even Hogan at this point. Yeah. Uh, And I'm just belaboring it because I did really enjoy the episode. But obviously, for a lot of us, this was like a refresher on the, the topic. But I'll ask you this as someone who knows a little bit more about things than I do. Were there any new lies in this documentary or new uh uh, statements of fact or quote unquote fact that were brought up on this that maybe weren't talked about before this? No, no new lies, uh, no new materials that were brought to light that were here to unfor uh, scene. You know, obviously coverage of this at the time was amongst several different newsletters, um, you know, the torch um observer etc and then obviously once it gets into to the legal system and everything else like that i did like a couple times where you know russo or russo uh bischoff just outright lies in regards to the court things and they pull up like the crawl on the bottom and they're like well actually it did go to this it did go all the way to the georgia supreme court where it was thrown out even though bischoff had said like it didn't even get that far yeah. So that's not a new lie. That's a lie that Russo or Bischoff has told quite frequently. So again, it was just a lot of his same lies just in front of a new audience. Gotcha. All right. Well, like I said, I like the episode and next week, the finale, Marty Gennetti. Mm-hmm. So that should be interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Marty Gennetti will not be at Steel Stack Smackdown too. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I can assure you of that. That was met with a resounding no today. <laughs> you brought it up. You tried to. I did not up. bring it up. Somebody else did. <laughs> oh, you're shitting me. Okay. So, uh, not that right. my voice matters, but just in case the other three people that make the decisions theirs no was not loud enough, I was just like, oh, let's not, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Voicemails? Well, just real quick before we do the voicemails, I want to mention, of course, uh, there is no homework this week because it is SummerSlam. Um, We are going to be releasing the homework episode a little bit later on tonight over on the Patreon, where we are going to be watching the February 7th, 2000 Monday Nitro. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you this. Obviously, uh, as you said, no homework for next week because of SummerSlam. Do you want to know what your homework is for the following week since you're going to just find out on the Patreon anyways? I say you leave it for the Patreon, right? Okay. That's what you did last time, so let's... Yeah, that's true. I just wanted to to surprise you at the end of uh, the show last week. But yeah, that's fine. I'll save it for the Patreon. It's a good one, Joe. I'm going to say I just want to tease it right here. This is... I do have a very long list 
of things to watch for my half of the Patreon. And I keep that list on my phone. I keep adding to it as people give me suggestions or as I remember certain things. But this thing that I'm going to assign, I've never heard of until today when a friend of ours texted it to me and said, hey, is this on your list? And I said, holy shit, it's not only on my list, but it's at the top of my list now. So that'll be revealed on tonight's Patreon. All right. I will save my I will save my remarks for whatever this might be until then. Absolutely. And also Conversations with Joe featuring Ed from Hayabusi. That dropped this past week. Oh, yeah. Again, we didn't get it like we teased it last week, of course, because it came out on the 30th. Um, Yeah. Or just came out this past week. Uh, People seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, uh, Ed, for probably the longest time he's ever been on a podcast uninterrupted. And it was a really good listen. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and listen, I love Ed to death. Ed's one of my favorite people. Um, you know, I've said this privately and publicly. Um, you know that Ed very, very much reminds me of my brother who sadly passed a couple years ago. Um, and that might be the reason why I have such an affection or affinity for Ed. And I understand a lot of people don't see Ed the same way that I see him. But I think mm-hmm. if you listen to this, um, you might, you know, change your tune a little bit. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Ed not doing a bit. He's not doing a silly little bit. During yeah. The podcast. You know, there might be a little bit cracking here and there, but it's mostly just a like an honest conversation and an entertaining conversation, too. And I won't spoil it here. you got to go listen to the Patreon. Uh, but your next proposed slash scheduled guest is yes. a huge one, too. So, yep. It's huge in this world. It's huge on what the conversations have been about. Um, I'll, and again, so I'll tell everyone of the free show next week yeah. who the next conversation says, how about that? Um, I'll give you a hint. It's someone a lot of people maybe have not seen or heard from, um, in a professional wrestling space in almost two years. Yeah. When I, again, I like to be surprised. I've told Joe to not give me the Iggy until like everything's like practically done. Mm-hmm. And when I heard this, I was like, holy shit. All right. I'm, I'm proud to be able to put that up on the Patreon. Yeah. And that, and that's one that unfurled through the course of the recording with Ed, which I thought was a fun thing. They're like a happy accident, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now cool. we can get into voicemails. Hell yeah. Hey Joe. Hey Adam. It's Matt Fish here. Uh, just wanted to say, uh, I saw the Rick City Shooters over the weekend, you know, Wes Barkley and Josh Bishop. Josh Bishop almost took my arm off, but that was awesome. <laughs> um, I wanted to agree with Joe because it's Wednesday, and uh, I don't think that I Love Turtles guy is actually the real I Love Turtles Thank kid. You. I think this is a uh, Screen Actors Guild kind of, we can't really promote the movie workaround. And boy, was that uh, popcorn bucket you get for the Blue Beetle movie great. Uh, I kind of want that, but I'd have to see Blue Beetle, oh. which should be okay. Um, question for Adam. Uh, if they, made, if they were to make an Azrael movie? No. Maybe. <laughs> not even animated. Uh, what kind of merch would you like for the Azrael movie? It's obviously not the very expensive and very nice premium as real statue. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Um, before we get into my part here, um, have you ever gone out of your way to buy like the, the novelty popcorn buckets or like I see they, they, they have like the really fancy ones now for a lot of movies. Um, but have you ever wanted to add one of those to your collection? 
So I have a couple of them only because they're not, okay. So there was a couple movies that they did that as the popcorn bucket, and there was no choice. If you got a large popcorn, you're getting the Secret Life of Pets two bucket, or you're getting the Thor Love and Thunder bucket, or you're getting the whatever bucket, right? The mm-hmm. only unique novelty bucket that I have is the BB-8 one. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, where it's like the, it's just the top part of BB-8. And yeah. like you lift open his head and the popcorn goes in there. I have that one. Um, I typically like to go to my dirt theater that's like right by my house, uh, especially when I'm going to see a movie by myself. But since the Blue Beetle ship popcorn bucket is exclusive only to Cinemarks. I might have to take the trip to go get it. Now, there is a possibility. I know AMC theaters do this, um, and I'll get into why I know this in a half second, but um, sometimes they sell them on the website, or you can buy them after the fact. Right. Uh, because I remember there was a big deal about the the last Ghostbusters movie because there was an Ecto-1, and it wasn't like a bucket, but it was like a like a looked like an ecto one but i guess the top came off and it was you held popcorn in it whatever um there was a big deal because people were flipping that and then amc put it up on their website for sale and for the most recent transformers movie there was an optimus prime like it was like a g1 truck of optimus where the the trailer you can hold popcorn in and i i remember getting the alert that it was up for sale on amc's website and i was like "Ooh, do i need this and then i said what the fuck am i doing here no stop i don't need a popcorn bucket of of optimus prime but i mean that's something to look into is the blue beetle thing just an actual bucket or is it like a sculpted like like the ecto one or optimus I think it's more like the Ecto-1. Um, here, let me see if I can find the picture of it. I know it was in the uh, Discord, which is actually the first time that we're mentioning the Discord here on the show. Usually we mention it quite a bit. I snuck it in at the beginning. Oh, okay. But, of course, the, the Discord that you can join by being a Patreon of our show for as little as a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. DC's so see, not- you see the picture? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 I guess. And see, so it says it's a Cinemark exclusive item. Okay. Yeah. $30 with this side of med popcorn. <laughs> or $25 without the popcorn. You could save mm-hmm. five bucks, Joe. Now, as cool as that looks, I would have no problem going with the tin and cup combo here. Uh-huh. Because I would definitely get use out of the cup. Um, yeah. But, but then they do have the, um, the Blue Beetle... A uh, buddy thick up. It's a buddy <laughs> thick up. And you can put milk, juice in there, anything you want, baby. Um, I, I like the plushie. That looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like a blue strong bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if you squint your eyes, I guess that, that move, the movie is, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yes, oh, thank you. For, oh, go ahead. Oh, but I have to answer my thing. Uh, he said as far as an Asriel movie merch. Yes. Um. All right, first things first, obviously, please do not ever make an Azrael movie. I mean, that that's just even thank also, you. that's a bad idea. I've been uh, I've been saying that my entire life. Yes, thank you. Now, maybe I'll get your agreement on this. You may begrudgingly take my side on this. Over the years, and it's kind of fallen off the last year or two, ever since HBO Max kind of started housing all the, the DC properties. But if you remember, there's always those animated adaptations of big DC storylines. Yeah. 
And we got like the death of Superman, the return of Superman. We've gotten Red Sun Superman. We've gotten Batman Killing Joke and all these different things. They've never done an animated Nightfall DVD. Yes. Which I think is just kind of silly. Like if you've done you've done the Judas contract, you've done every key DC storyline ever and like a lot of Elseworlds stuff. Why not just make here's like a, a brief adaptation of like part one is Batman gets broken. Part two is Asriel as Batman. And then you can do a part three if you want and have, you know, Bruce come back and ruin everything for everybody. Like it wouldn't hurt anybody to make an animated thing like that. And I would buy the shit out of that. Like I would buy, like if they were like, Oh, Walmart has an exclusive steel book and Amazon has a lenticular cover. I'd buy all those. So, I mean, I think that that's money left on the table. I don't see them putting Asriel in like the next, the Batman movie, um, because they would just ruin it. Um, but I would buy all the Funko pops if they did, you know, every DC or Marvel movie gets Funkos. So that'd be kind of cool. But I kind of hope that they don't ever make an actual movie or even put them in like an actual movie just because the merch would just put me out of house and home. And I'm like, I I like being a fan of a a niche but superior character. In all honesty and seriousness. Yeah. That era outside of you and Shane Hagedorn of (laughs) Batman is looked at as a blight and it's not referenced in most other things with good reason. Yeah, but I mean, Scarlet Spider is getting new shit now. We can't compare Marvel and DC. Two, di- two different kettles of fish. Um, I mean, the Spider-Clone the- saga is not looked upon fondly. And I think I dare say Nightfall is looked upon much more fondly than the Spider-Clone. Hmm. I think there has been more discussion as to the whys and the hows of the Spider-Clone saga that have added, like, kind of new wrinkles and understandings to it. And as someone who read it as it was going on, and then somebody who recently reread it for Longbox Heroes last year, I could tell you without any uncertainty, it starts off okay and ends horribly. But I think people like the idea of it better than anything else... Whereas, I think because if it okay if it was Bruce in the armor, I think people would like Nightfall Batman better. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yeah, I think you have to. You know, obviously, you had to have lived through the '90s comic book boom slash fads, and yes. you have to have kind of a soft spot for the the gimmicky shit. You know. Yes. So, but all right. Anyways, agree to disagree. Yes. Thanks, Fish Math. Yes, uh, lo- loyal car defender, uh, Matt Fish Galaga. Yeah. <laughs> Next call. Hey, guys, it's Ben Pasco, and uh, here's this week's question. Uh, so I got a jingle of this, maybe American High Five Flavor of the Week, but it's Question of the Week. Uh, I'm going to work on that. Okay. If Discovery Channel came to you and said, hey, we love Shark Week, but we want you to do another week of another animal, all documentaries about them, who are you picking? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest. I would watch a week about crocodile documentaries, uh, not alligators, because alligators are bullshit. Uh, thank you. Uh, I will hang up and listen. Uh, alligators are bullshit. I mean, they're not as bullshit as kangaroos, so I will fuck up. I've gone on record multiple times. Um, I don't know. Like, I like dogs. I like cats. Can we have a dog week? 
Um, so I, I it's so funny because my gut reaction was going to be crocodiles. Um, okay. But since Ben said that, I'm gonna go you. So obviously, Shark Week very narrow, but there's many different types of sharks. Um, crocodile, I guess narrow, but there's all sorts of different subspecies is 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 of uh, crocodiles. I would say do a week that's a little bit more broad um, and do endangered week. Um, do a, a different day each week of a different endangered species and kind of maybe like raise a little bit more awareness of that endangered species, you know, to make people, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable about like animals that in their lifetime can no longer exist. But Joe, panda is delicious. Uh, <laughs> what's the is the um, no? What's the Panda Express? Uh, That's what I was thinking of. Is that what all the meat there is? It's all actually panda meat. Is that why it's so goddamn expensive? <laughs> I think so. It's like you pay a little bit of a premium yeah. to get something endangered. Um, and Adam, and again, obviously, we live in a very charmed world where we live. But imagine there are people in this world that the only Chinese food they know is Panda Express. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's fine. I don't eat Chinese food. All right. Your loss. All right. Thank you for the call, Ben. Yes. Next call. Hello there, Joe. Adam, it's the other JB here. Apologies for not calling in last week. I was taking up some time soaking in the California sun, also mm -hmm. making the trip out to Pittsburgh and then back over to Jefferson, Ohio for the Bill Alfonso Hardcore Tournament, um, doing a little bit of research on my own, which apparently it paid off because I thought it was Dynamite 200, but I guess it was Dynamite 420 because, um, you know, that old uh, Foggy Jerry Lynn um, didn't have it in him to uh, come up against me. Go at the uh, my new FTW title. So we've <laughs> got to enlist the talent of one Rob Van Dam. So I already got, I did my homework on him a couple weeks back. You'll remember the call. And then everyone saw me gracefully avoid his roundhouse kick. So I think I'm on top of it there. So um, in place of Rob, Rob Van Dam or Jerry Lynn, because I'm going through it. I'm kind of looking at this ROH stuff on my own, just in case he wants to get froggy. So I guess in place of that, hmm, who should I ask for recommendations about? I do not know. Um, I will do my homework on my own, but uh, just calling in to let you know that I'm alive, doing well, and, well, I'll be champ for a long time. All right, thank you. I just want to say, other JB, like, while you're getting dunked on on the internet, I am a fan of your heel run. I think you got a lot of potential. I, I definitely think he has more upside than downside. How about that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I will say this before we delve further in. Uh, uh, other JB does call right back. Okay. Hello, Joe and Adams. The other JB here back again. So I lied. I actually would like some recommendations. <laughs> but um, this person came to mind, but I don't know how... Uh, versus y'all will be with this guy, Masato Tanaka. I know he's got some ECW stuff. I know that all of the friends that we need wrestling will probably have a better sense 
uh, where to go as it uh, looking in the international market. But wondering what y'all had for Masato Tanaka. Well, I mean, obviously, I'll take this one, Joe. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, versus Mike Awesome and ECW, you mentioned that. I am just very quickly looking at Google best Masato Tanaka matches. It just keeps on recommending against Mike Awesome and against RVD over and over and over again. So uh, I don't have anything beyond that. So I'm very sad. Again, I, I have to cast the net. Um, you know, it's very easy to say Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome matches, right? Yeah. Um, if you're going to watch one, I'd watch the one from the ECW one night stand. Um, because, uh, Joey Styles is very mean on commentary for mm. no good reason to Mike Awesome during it. And it's a crazy match and they keep showing a drunk JBL in the crowd. Um, and that's great crowd reaction stuff. You want an oddball Mike, uh, Masato Tanaka match. They do a tag run in ECW where it's Masato Tanaka and Tommy Dreamer versus Mike Awesome and Raven. Oh, and shit. just and just for the oddballness of those characters mixing it up in ECW is very interesting. Um, I would also recommend, I think it would have been 2019 Mania Weekend, uh, Masato Tanaka had a match with Eddie Kingston. Okay, and I'm seeing one. Uh, here's one for the big Tom fans out there. Apparently, they uh, Tanaka versus Tomohiro Ishii in 2020 was a banger. Right. So those are just the ones off the top of my head. I know Tanaka and Shinjiro Otani were a tag team in like zero one in the early 2000s. You could probably find some good matches there. But I'm going to stick with the three that I recommended here: Eddie Kingston versus Tanaka from 2019. Um, the one night, the one night stand, one night only, whatever, ECW, WWE, ECW pay-per-view one. And then there was a pay-per-view match, Raven, Mike Awesome versus Tanaka and Tom Dreamer. Yeah. And other JB, let us know which ECW legend you're going to embarrass next week. I'm curious to find yeah. out who's on your wish list. Give us a heads up and, and do Thorne a favor. If you got Danny Doring's number, give it to him, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's trying. Right, he's trying to make Derek Dillinger's dream come true. And if he can't get him uh, a match with, alliteration of D, yeah. If he can't get Derek the match with Chris Hero that he wants, give him the match with Danny Doring. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for the call, JB. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, out to eat with my dad. He surprised me. He was uh, in my area of the state today, so we're out to eat. Uh, he's talking about the New Day, because uh, when we went to wrestling a few years ago, that just captured his imagination. He just thought it was the craziest, silliest thing in the world. And I remember my mom uh, was oddly obsessed with the Rock's uh, boots when he was younger, the ones that he had to cut out for his calves. She's like, is, is that his actual calves? Are those in color? Like, what's going on with his boots? He was oddly interested in them. So my question, gentlemen, is, have you ever had a, a friend, a family member, a parent, whatever, that ends up, you know, they come into the room while you're watching wrestling, and they end up oddly interested or obsessed with something so tiny, just like the minutia of it, an, an odd thing that's stuck in your mind. Uh, that's it. Side note, Adam, thank you very much for your help. I have a busy weekend coming up. I'm hoping to have lots of fun. And I hope you guys have lots of fun, too. Maybe there's a SummerSlam party happening. Um, and, hey, listeners, 
remember to subscribe to the Patreon and read my notes before you do so. Bye, guys. Thank you for the plug. Um, I I feel like I, I don't watch, like, I haven't lived with somebody who wasn't a wrestling fan since, like, college. You know, so I can't remember because, like, every roommate I've had since then has been, like, maybe not a diehard wrestling fan, but they're, like, enough of a fan to know what's going on. So it's not like they're going to walk in and be like, oh, what's going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like Um, you with, like, the kid and with the wife might be more apt to have an answer for this. Yeah, not so so much, really. You know, like, my wife is kind of out of professional wrestling, any sort of weird minutia sort of thing. Um, She's not paying attention to enough, and, you know, she knows enough people um that are doing stuff in wrestling today my kid doesn't care and wouldn't have that sort of reaction growing up even you know like my dad was a lapsed fan you know he was a fan in like the mid to late 70s my mom was a fan with us taking the kids to go see shows up until like the end of the attitude era and it's not my story um but it's a story that chris zellner has told on between the sheets many many times specifically about his mom's reaction to Jimmy, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin's white tights and her (laughs) saying you could see the outline of his whole thing and getting very (laughs) upset about it. Um, So that's just a story that Chris tells that I always think about. Anytime somebody in wrestling today wears white tights, Finn Balor, and (laughs) you could really see um, really what they're packing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you really see their demon. <laughs> mm, oh, boy. Thank you well, for your call, Kevin. Have fun this weekend. Um, I know this is a weekend that you're doing stuff with your kid for his birthday. Uh, have fun. Let him do all the crazy stuff that he wants to do. You're only however old your kid is once, you know? Yep. All right. Next call. Hey guys, it's the Wiki with uh, Hikaru Shida winning the AEW World Champ- Women's World Championship last night on Dynamite. Um, presumably that means she is heading to Wembley Stadium for a uh, title match against somebody. Who do you think is the best option for her challenger? Is it a rematch against Tony Storm? Is it Britt? Is it somebody else? Is it maybe somebody that they might bring in from the outside? Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Yeah, we didn't talk about this. This was like one of the things that I would have mentioned if there was a lot of overlap for each of us. Like, I'm happy to see Sheeta win the title because obviously, and they made mention to this on Dynamite that her reign was predominantly during the pandemic, so she never really got one in front of the fans. Um, I'm a little bit like AEW's been doing a lot of like, hey, here's a, a a number one contender that you haven't seen in a while, so it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, I think if you're going to do somebody on the active roster, if they're capable, uh, I would bring in Jamie Hayter, you know, like if she's ready. Uh, I think that would be a, a great you know, way to do it because her reign got ended prematurely. And I think that would be a, a good headliner for, you know, a UK show. I'm with you, obviously, uh, hoping that Jamie Hayter is cleared for all in. It does not look like she's in. Um, or she's going to be, um, you know, obviously you could do Britt Baker, who is arguably the biggest female star that you have on your roster. Um, just to mix it up, I'd love to see it be against like Willow. Mm. 
Um, I think that would be super cool. But they have started, and again, you never know how these things are going to play out. Um, but they have been teasing already on social media that it might be against Emi Sakura. Okay, I mean, which I which I think will great, be, it'll be a great match. Sure, but. I, I don't even want to finish that sentence. I was going to basically be like, but what about the casuals? And I feel like I feel dirty just saying it, you know, dude, I want to see like, I want to see the freak show match of Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh against Grado, RJ Singh, RJ City and the Great Kali. OK, <laughs> fuck casuals. No, yeah, I agree. All right. So last call. It's pink button time. It's young Ed. Yeah. Hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. Um, Blue Beetle coming out. You guys excited for it? <laughs> yes. You go see it? No. <laughs> no. I like it because it, uh, it opens the door, I think, for other obscure uh, comics to get movies made of them. And I like that. Yep. Um, I know they're going to do a Booster Gold TV show, which will probably be starring Cole Sprouse as Booster Gold, which is <laughs> clearly the best casting choice you could do for it. No. Um, unless they cast Hunter Schaefer, but I, that's my pick for everything. I think Hunter Schaefer should be in every movie uh, and television show. Um, but I was just curious. Uh, maybe this has been talked about in here before. If so, like I don't, I don't care. No one, rem- no, I don't remember. No one remembers. You can just, you can do it again. Um, if there was a, what's the comic you'd like to be. Uh, turn into a movie, like a movie as that adaptation of uh, dual power bomb would be really good. Yeah, uh, Frontier Man would be really good. I don't know what that is. Dual power bomb is probably my answer though. I think that'd be a dope little movie. You can put Hunter Schaefer in it. Okay, bye. <laughs> Um, obviously, if you're in the soon to be named network Discord, you can find all about all of Ed's posts about Hunter Schaefer. There's several a day. <laughs> um, I feel like we just talked about this, but non Nightfall related. If we're talking about a major motion picture, we keep getting Morbius or maybe one day getting Craven. Give me a Superior Foes of Spider Man Sony movie. Oh. So here, here's where I run into issue, my problems with stuff like that. Like, I would love to see do a powerbomb get adapted into something, right? Mm. I would love to see Superior Foes of Spider-Man adapted into something. But because of the nature of the length of those storylines, I don't think a movie would be enough. I think it would have to be like a TV show. Yeah. How about an MCU series, Superior Foes? Since there's okay. really no, like... You know, there's no heavy hitters in it. It's not no. like they're going to be like, oh, no, we need the shocker for the big plans in the next Avengers movie, you know? Yes, yeah, S- Silver Mane is a big part of Phase 9, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, right after King. <laughs> but if we're going to get something and make it into a movie, like a very specific storyline, I know you mentioned Craven, and I know a lot of the Spider-Man villains that they're giving these solo movies to, they're keeping very far away from Spider-Man for some reason. But mm-hmm. if they just did a movie that was Craven's last hunt, yeah, I think that would be awesome. Um, I think, obviously, you can't do it now, but it looked like that's where they were going to. But if you did your Green Lantern movies as a trilogy where the first one was his actual origin, 
you set up Sinestro Core War as part two of the movies and you set up Blackest Night as part three. Yeah, it, it Blackest Night loses its punch if you don't have access to all the heroes, though, that become Black Lanterns, though. I agree, but I think there's a way that you could do it in a movie way to get some other cameo stuff in there. You could give nods to previous Green Lanterns that have passed. Um, you could kill off some lower-end characters that were never going to get movies akin to people that would be in a Superior Foes TV show them off in Sinestro Core War and then bring them back as like zombie lanterns in part three. Yeah. I, I feel like, again, that's probably a better like if DC started doing the cartoon movies again. You know, that'd be more apropos to that. Sure. But it's Craven's to, Last Hunt is what I stand by. Yeah. It's hard to pitch, like we dunk on these movies all the time, but it's hard to pitch something that would fit into like a under two hour long major motion picture and, and still like not lose a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, because most movies are under two hours these days. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what I mean. I'm mean, like, I do know you, you can't have like a, a giant storyline. Like, like, you can't have Blackest Night and like all uh, Sinestro Core War and all that stuff and have it be one movie. And it's hard to try to pitch here's a trilogy that we're going to do over the next 10 years. You know, it, it's whatever. Hey, you know what I'm hey. saying? Pay me money and I'll write the scripts for them. I could do it. I, I have faith I, that I could do it. I can't. They're striking. You oh, that's right. Money for that. Oh, that's right. When the strike's over, pay me and I will write the uh, Green Lantern trilogy movie script. Yeah, I mean, I personally think that striking is rather myopic, Joe. Oh, boy. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, uh, you could support the show by uh, making any purchases through our eBay affiliate link. When you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Uh, T Public sale is next week, so we'll give you the push there. Of course, we gave the push earlier on in regards to um, the Patreon, patreon.com slash at odds wrestling. We have the homework show going up later on today. We had the episode with Ed drop earlier this week for conversations with joe we got a big one coming up next month and you know all the back catalog all the other stuff is there it's one rss feed to collect all the versions of the show you get the classic episodes that adam goes and remasters you get my homework notes go up there to try to read my chicken scratch handwriting um so there's stuff over there on the patreon for everyone you know yeah, and uh, we are due very soon for another Joe, so Joe Sposto selfie of the month. Oh, August. So my my beard is very thick and unruly. So get ready, everyone. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and and oh, oh, before you get into your plugs, there for those uh, independentwrestling.tv, aka Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Use the promo code at odds. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, let's Jerry know that you came to him from us, and we get a little bit of a kickback when you do so. Yeah, and we also get a little bit of a kickback when you listen to these podcasts, and those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hiya Bussy, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor <laughs> right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. 
And Joe, those were the podcasts that I will plug and I will promote and give the at odds stamp of approval on. But there is a podcast that I will not do that for. In fact, when I think about them, I get pretty heated, Joe. Oh, hang on. <laughs> well, I get pretty heated, Joe. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you remember, there were these two podcast hosts named Matt Durline and Sleepy Decker, and they once had a podcast called The A-Show, and I was relatively successful on that show. Dare I say I was probably the most successful person in the history of draft shows, and I ran through just about everybody they put in front of me, uh, undefeated. I can't even name all the names. There's just so many. And as the draft show king, I decided that it was time for that show to come to an end. And it did. There was nobody left for me to beat. So it came as a huge surprise to me the other day that not only are they attempting to get back into podcasting, but they're using my name to get themselves over. And I'll go into detail about that in a second. But it's something called Chicken Salad which has got to be the single worst god-awful name for a podcast I've ever heard. It's not catchy and unique like Porch Talk, all right? Um, if this is the first time you're hearing about this on this podcast, I'm not surprised because they have zero social media. I got tagged in an Instagram story that Durline put out posting, like promoting the show. And like God knows you can't go and look at that anymore. So I checked their social media. They don't have any. So strike one. And what's even worse, even off out of morbid curiosity, I wanted to check out the show. The damn RSS feed doesn't work. How do you mess up an RSS feed? It's literally idiot proof. Who is your tech guy? How am I supposed to hear Decker talk on a microphone his grandparents bought at Radio Shack in the late 80s? Like, if I, if I can't download the show. Despite this, I could have forgiven all of this and their unauthorized return to podcast if the winningest competitor in draft show history, i.e. me, was brought in to be the first guest. Well, don't you think that that's like the, the, the most basic consideration they could have done, Joe? I say that you should have been the first. I'm not sure what sort of agreements or otherwise you had set up with them. Um, but I feel as though it was basically, uh, yeah. you are not allowed to do podcasts anymore unless I have final editorial approval. And this whole thing is going around me. They got, get this, Kevin, the man Graham as their first guest. Once again, I will go on record that man and Graham don't rhyme. All right. That's the first thing. And that guy, Kevin Graham needs to stop stealing my gimmick. Cause if there's one thing I hate, if there's one thing the draft show king hates, the $100 Vansky hates, it's someone taking somebody else's gimmick, changing a few small things, and running with it. All right? Like, that's totally unacceptable in my eyes. A total avoid for me. All right? So they will not get plugged on this show. I, I feel as though they just did. If, if that's the case, we're cutting it all out. All right. I'll get right on that. All right. But I just had to get that off my chest that... I uh, all of that happening, and it's just, it's unacceptable. Oh. I, I would agree with everything that you just said there. All right, perfect. Now let's All get right. on to something happier. Some 
might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Joe, I'm still calming down. Uh, did you buy anything this week? Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. All right. So as I am pulling up today to Coca-Cola Park in beautiful downtown Allentown, Pennsylvania, and I'm collecting up all of my belongings to get out of my car and turning off my GPS and about to turn my ringer off so I'm not binging and booping throughout the, the, the course of the things, I get a text notification. And it's just a picture. And Adam, here, let me send you that picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a picture that Adam had sent me uh, that just said, do you want to cancel your sweet Brucey pre-order? Because <laughs> he found my sweet Brucey dolls in the wild, pre-ordered, what, uh, five months ago? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Still no update. And I had a feeling, you know, because there had been discussions. Oh, that set's going to pop up in the wild soon. That set's going to pop up in the wild soon. You've been on the hunt for it. So I went and I said yes when I was able to guarantee that you can get me the two. Because as we had mentioned on the show, I want one to keep in box. And I want a Lucy Brucey as well. <laughs> yep. When you were able to confirm and verify that you were able to get me the two, I canceled my pre-order. I PayPal'd you the money. Technically, that counts as a purchase. So yep. I bought my two sweet Brucey action figures today. Yeah. Um, so I was not on the hunt for those. Um, I have been on a perennial hunt for the last couple of weeks, primarily at Walmart for the Ruthless Aggression Ultimate Eddie Guerrero. I keep finding the Ray Mysterio. I'm up to three of those. <laughs> um, but like, I'm I'm going out I'm to Walmart's looking for that. Eddie Guerrero. So I'm like, oh, I haven't been to Target in a couple days or in a couple rotations because there wasn't anything for Target that I was looking for, you know. Um, but I, as you said, I went. Uh, there were a total of three uh, Brother Loves. There were two D Low Browns, one Chase and one regular. And there were like a metric ton of the Undertakers and the Kama Mustafas. Um, and as you said, I, I, I was like, okay, who's the number one person that I have to reach out to? That's Joe. Get him a sweet Brucey. Thank and you. Uh, I also knew that Brett had ordered Brucey. Um, so I sent it to him. And then I remembered Mr. Tim over on Final Wrestling Place had said he wanted the D-Lo chase because he wanted the non-nation of domination. So I sent out all the offers. And the funny thing is, so I'm standing in the aisle. I am holding all three brother loves. I'm holding both dude loves and I'm holding one other figure. I'll get to in a second. Dude so my loves. Do you mean D'Lo Brown? Oh, I'm sorry. D'Lo's. Uh, I apologize. I was going to say, cause if there was dude loves there, no, no, no. I'm thinking, yeah, D'Lo dude love. You can, it's my brain being weird. Um, so I'm holding the aforementioned five figures. Plus I'm holding something else. And my arms are full. I'm texting. I'm waiting for responses from people and whatnot. And some guy comes over to the section. You know, you could tell he's looking at the wrestling figures. And he just looks at me with such disgust. And he <laughs> says, are you getting all those in that same tone? And I'm like, maybe. 
you know, and he's like, oh. and then his buddy comes around the corner. He's like, anything? He's like, oh, this guy has them all. And I was like, yeah, I do. So like if if I had gotten a response from like all you guys and you were like, no, I don't want them. I still would have fucking bought the shit despite those people be like, go fuck yourself. You should have been there 20 minutes earlier. Now, if, if those guys didn't show up and we all said no, or didn't get back in touch with you, would you have bought them? Or at Uh, that point, these were just spite purchases. uh, Well, I mean, they would have been spite purchases because of those people. So I would, if you had said to me, uh, I I know I'll just wait for the pre-order for, for sweet Brucie. I would have put them back. If you never got back to me because you were traveling, I would have bought them. Just assuming, like, rolling the dice that you would have wanted them, and you would have got back to me eventually. Right. Um, Mr. Tim, who doesn't know how to read his Twix DMs, um, he took forever to get back to me on that D-Lo chase. But I knew, I was like, what's the worst case scenario? I'm leaving here with a, with a chase? You know, like, I can A, return it, or B, flip it. So Right. I was going to get just about everything one way or another, but the fact that those guys were getting real salty with me that I was holding all the, the brother loves, uh, it was both made me angry and it was also funny. Now, what target was this? This was Dixon city. Okay. I was going to say, so, you know, obviously one, uh, wanted to know what target that was. Number two, um, was it any people you recognize from your doll adventures? Uh, not that I know of. There are a couple people that I see like frequently, and some of them have like tried to strike up conversations with me, not realizing that outside of this podcast, I don't like talking to people. <laughs> but uh, no, I've never seen these people before. They're just your standard, uh, you know, those not like us, Joe, where we're handsome. They were just like neck bearded wrestling fans. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but like, in spite of that, like I said, I didn't want anything from this assortment. Like there were none of the, this series of target legends that I wanted. Um, so like nothing for me, I'm still on the hunt for that Eddie Guerrero. I did pick up while I was there and I don't have a picture to send you, but it's a star Wars vintage series. So it's a little three and three quarter sized. Uh, it's a target exclusive Boba Fett, but it's done with the paint job to match his comics debut in Marvel comics. Okay. If you you remember that, like his, like maybe not his debut, but it's like one of the first ones where it says, and now the bounty hunters, and it's like him, Bosk, and IG88. And he's got like a weird, there's like yellow in his colors. Yeah, it's very like stylized thing, but it's basically a figure that matches that paint job. And the carding of the figure is the cover to that issue. That's cool. Yeah, so I, I had known that it went up to pre-order a long, long time ago, and I actually had it pre-ordered once, and then I canceled it just assuming I'd find it, and I did, so I grabbed that. Yay. Uh, anything else you get? That's it. All right, so I do have a couple purchases. Um, I was scrolling through the major group on Monday, and a bunch of people were just like, listen, open up your whatnot. You're not going to want to miss what Broski's doing. So I was like, all right. I'm a broski apologist slash understander. I'll go and see what all the hoopla is about. So I open up the whatnot to find out that he has his phone propped up inside of his freezer because it's overheating. So he's just sticking his head in the freezer. And I'm like, all right, that that seems very broski like. But when I signed on the thing that was selling at that right that right at that moment, Brian uh, was selling a Bobby Heenan micro brawler. Oh, which is something you've been in the market for. Well, I actually bought the Chase when it first came out a couple months ago. Okay. Uh, I I had ordered the Micro Brawler 
with the hopes that, hey, I'd like to get the Chase. And then I just got the standard one. And if you remember, uh, I went and on eBay and I bought the Chase. And I had said it was not a small sum of money, but there was only 100 of them. Um, so Brian was selling a Chase and it was at 30 bucks, and he was like, oh, man, I thought Chase's were spo- – I, I could have assumed this was going to go for more. And, like, I had literally been on WhatNot for 10 seconds, and I swiped bid, and I ended up getting it for, like, 33 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah, and they're, they're, they average, like, 100 to 120 on eBay, so it's going to be a flip. But, All right. Uh, because I already have one. Yeah. You know, so I don't need two. But if I can, like, double my money, maybe triple my money – you know, why not? You know? Yeah. So that was purely a flip opportunity. Um, ooh, I see something on your screen. I was looking because you had sent me one the other day. Yeah, the one I sent you was 35 shipped. Right, and this is 34, and I could probably talk them down. Yeah. Now, granted, there's people that are asking for a crazy amount of money, but it ain't selling for a crazy amount of money, the double J one. Yeah, so oh. the, the thing with the Double J, I believe, is Double J, they made a percentage of chases. What I mean by that is it might have been like one out of every 10 of the standards was a chase. Mm-hmm. And if they sold like a thousand or 10,000 of the standards, then there's a thousand chases or like a large number as well. Right. So as you see <clears throat> here, as I search the chase online, Mm. no chases have sold on ebay yeah so there's people that are asking 30 some odd dollars but it ain't moving for like 30 it ain't moving for the lowest price which is 34 dollars right it's not like a one of 100 chase you know that's the thing that's against it you know for the sellers yeah for the buyers that's great you know i'm watching the one i haven't gotten the ping of make an offer yet you know yeah but as soon as I do, you know, I'm going to make the guy an offer and I'm going to go like whatever with shipping. My total would be 30 bucks. Yeah. And I keep an eye on I'm in a micro brawler group in addition yeah. to like the major pond. And I see stuff in there sometimes and right. um, keep you posted. And, and, and I will say you <laughs> when you see them, you send them to me. You're like, oh, this is 35 shipped or whatever it is. Yeah. And I go and I check on eBay and I go to check to see if any have sold and none have sold yet. So there's no. Like, there's no gauge on what the pricing should be on it yet. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, 30 shipped is probably a fair amount. For 30, that. Shipped, 30 shipped I would buy on. Like I said, the difference of $5 may not seem like a lot to you, but it's the principle. Oh, 100%. No, I agree. Um, Real quick, I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that there wasn't much I wanted from San Diego Comic-Con, but I did manage to check one more thing off of my small list. And that was the Loungefly 1 of 500 Soundwave pin set. I think I sent you a picture a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it's basically like a G1 style packaging, like the purple and black packaging uh, with the cartoon like picture of Soundwave. And it's it's like him as the cassette deck and then all the pins are the cassettes. Um, so I was just playing the long game on that, you know, San Diego's going on and people are trying to get like $200 for the pin set and then San Diego's done and they're like, Oh, okay. A hundred. And I just kept on waiting. And obviously you play the, the, the balancing game where it's like, well, you can wait, but there's only 500 of them. And, but yada, yada, I waited and I got a deal. I ended up getting the pin set for 40 bucks and I think it retailed 25 at San Diego. So I'm like that. I think that's a deal, you know? I would certainly say so. 
All right. And I have one last purchase. Are you done otherwise? Yeah, I only had the I only had the bruises that you picked up for me, you know? Gotcha. All right. Um, Joe, would you agree that if somebody is like the coolest in the world, you should probably buy stuff of them, right? Sure. So like if there was a wrestler, let's say they wrestled for AEW. And you're like, man, that person is the coolest. You would want to run out and buy, like, wrestling figures of them. If I thought they were the coolest, yes. Yeah, and obviously, like, it's not just me who thinks this person is the coolest. Like, I think it's empirical that everybody in the world thinks that they're the coolest. Um, So it's not like a matter of it's always a crazy Adam opinion. I think it's, like, pretty much universally agreed to that, like, this person is the coolest. Uh, And if you were able to buy a figure, Joe, that they only made 200 of, that would be pretty cool, right? Okay. Like, you would agree that that's like, you'd want to get something that they only made 200 of, right? Yes. And if you were able to buy a figure of somebody that is like the coolest, and they only made 200 of them, and it was on sale, you would be like, this is a no-brainer, right? I don't know where you're going with this, but okay. These all add up, right? Like, this is like a can't-miss thing, right? Sure. So, I guess we can all forgive me for buying an FTC figure then, (laughs) because I bought the one of 200 Swerve Strickland figure off of FTC's website. (laughs) That's a really ugly looking... Those figures stink. I just sent you the picture. First of all, Swerve is the coolest. Everybody knows that. Second you know, all, and right. So with all the stuff that happened this week, like I said, it was a really good week. The vignette of Swerve and Air Fox going to Nick Wayne's house to beat the shit out of him was yeah. pretty awesome. It was goddamn awesome. Swerve is the man. And I just got like, I was like, oh, I got to buy something of Swerve. And all he has right now is the basic, the WWE basic which had a chase and I actually, I have the chase. I don't have the regular one. Um, so I was like, I need something else. And for whatever reason, just when I was on wrestling figure database and I typed them in, this came up and I was like, I wonder if I could still get my hands on the, the early bird special, the, the one of 200 and lo and behold on FTC's website, they still have them and they're on sale. It's almost like people didn't want to buy them, Joe. So I grabbed it. It, it's not the worst looking FTC figure. No, not it's 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 actually not bad. It's not bad. Um, yeah, and Swerve is the I, coolest. Yeah, and Swerve is the coolest. Um, when I hear FTC figure, I think the worst. A couple of weeks ago, when you had me pull up the Eli Drake one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looked horrible, dog yeah. shit. <laughs> Yeah, this one's actually like not bad. Like the clothes actually fit him. Like the vest doesn't look oversized like too mm-hmm. badly, even though the from this picture, the, the head like, isn't misshapen. Yeah, I mean it almost looks like Swerve. I like it, and it's got the sticker on it says thirty nine of two hundred, so individually numbered. I wonder if they've only sold thirty nine of them. I, I was thinking that that like literally the first one they sold got the number one and then two yeah. and so on and so forth. 
What a, what a shit. And that's it. So that's the thing. So FTC, shit toy company. But yeah. so many new shit toy companies have come along in the last three years. <laughs> the FTC has gone up by doing nothing. Yeah, like we're, we're going to come to the point down the road where there's going to be FTC nostalgia. And like resides coming up or like zombie is going to be making FTC knockoffs. <laughs> like I can guarantee you if I were to take this out of the package, it wouldn't crumble in my hands like roadblock, right? <laughs> or Larry's Zabisco or whatever the other ones that Brian and Broski opened up on the show this week. Yeah. What a fucking bummer that was, huh? Yeah. No, it's funny though, but, but yeah, I figured I'd grab that. Like I said, it was cheap. It's the coolest person on the planet. And uh, like I said, it was, it was I'm one of 39 people to have one now, I guess. Right. And I tweeted this out the other day that this time next week, give or take a day or two, uh, we should hopefully be all getting our Zombie Series 2 shipping notifications for anyone that did Wave 2, which was the Nick Gage, Kevin Sullivan, Bruiser Brody, uh, Andre, King Kong Bundy, uh, and Raven. Is that you genuinely thinking that, or are you just believing something that Zombie might have said? He said that they're leaving the factory the week of June 12th. They will arrive approximately four to eight weeks. I'm going on the high end and going eight weeks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I- I hope it happens for you. You know, it's you got the blessing that Raven would not be delayed like initially thought, you know? Right. Uh, I ordered that Johnny Gargano so long ago that, like, I'm well past the point of wanting it anymore. So that's probably going to go right up for sale. That's what you get for putting your money in a little Johnny. I know. <laughs> hey, he likes me. Well. <laughs> Well, I mean, he doesn't dislike me. He's a bit more apropos. I'm just looking to see if there's been any updates regarding the shipping of these things. Yeah. Um. There's the two up of the the Gargano. Yeah. Bash and Booger is still open. Somebody was selling the the Jarrett zombie in the group in the flea market tonight for forty bucks. I was going to grab it. Somebody else yeah. claimed it. Because, uh, like, I passed on that. I didn't pay the, what were they, 35 or 40 originally? Do you remember? I think 40 Yeah, so 40 shipped and not having to pre-order and wait two years for it? Like, that would have been a good opportunity. Yeah, so, again, the the first tweet that I mentioned was from July 12th, or June 12th. And then there's a July 10th um, tweet that just says, these have finished production and are on their way to us from the overseas factory. No timetable given on that, you know? Yeah. Any day now, I think. Yeah. Well, like I said, next week, uh, give or take a day or two, will be the, uh, you know, the eight, uh, the eight weeks from that thing, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. And Fingers Joe, you crossed. Know what, you know what I completely forgot to bring up at any other point in the show, but since we're talking about figs, it's appropriate now. Sure. I completely forgot. This Sunday, I'm going to see Mick Foley. Oh, it's this Sunday? Yeah, this is uh, Pandora's Box. Sunday, yeah. I get the meet and greet and the three the three autographs on my Three Faces of Foley figure. Are you going by yourself? Or are you going with uh, any of the crew? Uh, I mean, I put the, the invitation out back when the tickets went on sale. Nobody said anything, so I'm just going by myself. Okay. I knew it was coming up in August. 
That's too. I got I got shit going on this weekend. I absolutely would have went with you. I would have got him to sign my most recent elite of him that came out, but it is what it is. Yeah. But looking forward to it. I bought that figure. I, I don't even know. I probably have the email of when I bought the ticket. Um, I bought the ticket February 15th. Oh, my God. And I, I probably bought the 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 Jacks Three Faces of Foley three pack like maybe a week later. Okay. Uh, I think I was clocking, like looking for one that's in good condition for a little bit. So maybe let's even say a month later. So back in March, I bought the three pack that I've been sitting on waiting for this uh this weekend so i'm looking forward to it when i see him i'm gonna ask him why he wasn't polite to our friend ed when ed was talking about dude love being the reason he fell into uh, fell in love with wrestling so i'm gonna hold him to the fires on that question i I think there's a as someone who is still blocked by chris jericho Uh uh-huh you I think there's a better way that you can present that question to mick foley (laughs) Uh, i you know what i think i might just not mention it at all I might just be like, hi, Mick, big fan. Can I have a picture? Thank you. And then just leave. <laughs> and I would say, here's how I would put it. I, I would say a couple years ago, <laughs> my friend Ed um, said to you, in all seriousness, that the reason he became a fan of professional wrestling was because of the Dude Love debut. And you gave him a strange look. Uh-huh. I'm like, I, I'm, and I'd be like, I wonder, have you changed your stance <laughs> on someone who feels that way? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to get heat with Mick, you know? Right. I, so, uh, you know what? I think you're better off not bringing it up. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely won't ask him about you because I don't want him to do the same thing Johnny did where he's just sighs and says, he's just mean. <laughs> no, Mick doesn't even know I exist and it's okay that way. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Hopefully it's an uneventful but but fun Sunday. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to get any heat with Mick. I also don't want to have any uh, bad stories to tell. Um, I'm fine with having bad stories to tell about the people on the line, but not about Mick, you know? Mm-hmm. So looking forward to getting that, that three-pack signed and in the detail if it fits. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. But that's all I got. All right, good. And that's all I got, too. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, this was uh, episode, what did I say, 253, At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.